Welcome to our special Saturday Thoughts segment. This week, of course, is Holy Week, the week leading up to Easter Sunday. For Christians all around the globe, this is a sacred spiritual time. Perhaps now, more than ever, as we are in the midst of a global pandemic that has ravaged Europe, parts of Africa, Latin America, Canada, the UK, and indeed, most of all, here in the United States of America. This week alone, the United States has lost over 15,000 of our fellow Americans with more than 380,000 citizens infected. In that spirit, this week we have a special daily segment titled Pastors, Politicos, and Pundits. All week we have been having some courageous, compassionate, and character-building conversations about how this virus is changing our politics, our faith, our connections, and our families. Because when all is said and done, folks, we are in this together. Today's guest is very special to me. He's been a friend for over 25 years. I've known him longer than I want to admit to because I will out the age of both of us. But he needs no introduction. Michael Steele is the former lieutenant governor of Maryland. He is the former Republican National Committee chairman, the first African-American ever to be so. And you can watch him on MSNBC, if not daily, weekly, on air as a contributor. He is married with two grown sons, and he is a dear friend. Um, and it's great to have the tables turned. I get to interview him for once. So, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it is a great pleasure to be with you, Sophia, and to all of uh, your great listeners out there. I wish you all a very, very happy uh, Easter tide and, and Passover season. Michael, before we get into uh, the interview and the politics and all the things I want to talk about, uh, I want people to know a little bit about you besides the resume, which is amazing. And I want to tell folks that I heard a rumor that you wanted to be a priest once. Is that true? That, that is true. I uh, served uh, in the Augustinian order uh, as, a, as a young seminarian uh, after I left uh, college. I, I graduated Johns Hopkins uh, University and then that summer after graduation entered the monastery of uh, the Augustinian order. It was based in uh, at Villanova University uh, in Pennsylvania and uh, spent the next three years living, uh, you know, a life of poverty, chastity, and obedience. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? <laughs> uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was interesting. You know, as, as, I, as, I, as I grew to understand, and, and I love sharing with people, that, uh, you know, chastity is a state of mind. Uh, obedience is a matter of dying to self and, and giving uh, authority to others. But poverty's a bitch, yeah. <laughs> and, you know. Poverty is, you know. I'm, I'm a guy who kind of likes the, some fine things from time to time, but it was it was character building. It was certainly um, a spiritual journey that I needed to take. Uh, that has defined uh, everything I've done since, uh, from my time as lieutenant governor to service uh, as national chairman. Um, it has it has anchored uh, my service to to the community I live in, and it's it's it taught me and enlightened me as to how to look at people and see uh, their walk and appreciate it, and and how that then marries up to your own responsibilities, whether as a lieutenant governor or a party chairman or whatever role you're playing. 
uh, and to connect those dots. So it was, it was a profound moment for me, Sophia, and one that uh, I would not uh, change, uh, even if even if the result was you still leave uh, the seminary. Uh, that experience was profoundly important. So, Michael, for our listeners, I know they're probably curious. It's such a it's such a hard thing to conceptualize as someone who wanted to be a priest, which, as you broke down, is a life of sacrifice. It's certainly a life of service. But for all the reasons you listed, the chastity part, the right. poverty part, uh, a lot of alone time, a lot of self-reflection. What made you make that big leap from the priesthood to politics? Because that's a big one. Well, you, you, you understand at one level, I was our, I was in the largest and most historic political institution in the world. So the Catholic Church, sure. <laughs> so from that standpoint, I was I was halfway there. Uh, but the reality, the reality really, uh, you know, remained that um, for me, it's a matter of your vocation journey. How does that play itself out? What does that mean? Um, what uh, what shape does that take? And you have to be willing and free in your own heart and mind to follow that. Um, the hardest thing is not going in. The hardest thing is leaving. It's coming out. Um, and 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 that's because of the level of commitment that you've made uh, to being uh, true and faithful to the call. Uh, this is a call, like like all vocations um, that emanate from some place. You know, for everybody's different. Some people may see it spiritual, others may not. Um, but I, I, my faith tradition, you know, teaches me that that vocation um, is is placed in your your heart by the grace of God, and um, He waters it, you water it, uh, and at some point you're going to be at a crossroads with it and you have to decide do you follow it or do you take a different path mm. and um, for me that 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 part of service and commitment was translatable beyond the seminary so i remember one night you know in my room uh lying on the bed just kind of contemplating you know what i was doing and where i was and what it all meant and i remember praying you know, how, how do I serve your people, Lord? Do I do it in the business suit or do I do it in this religious habit? Um, and that for me was the physical representation of that vocation. Mm -hmm. um, and what I realized was they weren't two diametrically opposed things. Mm -hmm. They actually do come together um, and that I could bring, I could put on that business suit and bring that spirituality, bring that vocation of, of religious service to a broader sense of public service uh, through the work that I could do there. So for me, that was not a question of either or. It was a matter of, of how do you make this work? If I had stayed in the seminary and gone on to be a priest, um, my aspirations were to, uh, to serve uh, the, that, that sort of political part of my nature uh, in the diplomatic core of the church mm. uh, to to be of, of service in that regard, to bring those skills and talents and, uh, in, in, you know, my experience as a lawyer and all of that to, to bear, um, you know, in, in that setting. So for me, it was a symbio symbiotic relationship. I just had to figure out how how to how to wear it 
if you will. Yeah. Michael, you're a devout Catholic. Uh, what has, and again, this is Holy Week, tomorrow's Easter Sunday. Uh, tell us, how has this coronavirus, uh, the enormous stress and strain we've seen on our fellow Americans being sheltered in, uh, not being able, you and I were talking before we went live about our families and, you know, dropping right. groceries off to your parents, but not being able to stay and hug them and touch them. How has this impacted your faith? Uh, talk a little bit about faith in the middle of this coronavirus. It's a, it's a test, folks. It's a test. It's hard. Um, as much as this is uh, anything, it's a distraction this Holy Week. It has been a distraction. Um it you know you would think oh it doesn't impact your prayer life because everyone's praying right yeah that's true but it's it's the nature of the prayer and the reflexive aspects of it 